Warning, the Motion Picture Association of America requires that we inform you that this episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies contains massive spoilers that could ruin a first-time screening of the film covered in this episode. So, if you don't want to know that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's that Goose in Top Gun, that is really Kaiser Sose at the end of The Usual Suspects, or that Bruce Willis was a the whole time in The Sixth Sense, then proceed with caution. Powered by Transistor FM. Grab your popcorn, silence your phones, and tell your friends to shut up. Do not adjust your projector settings because what you're about to hear is real. The Derek Duvall Show presents Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies. Prepare yourself for insight and honest reviews from a married couple with varying movie tastes. Hot takes, hotter insights, and news you can use. Now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Mindy and Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation! Hello! Hi, everybody! Hello! Hi! Hey, guys! Welcome to another fantastic episode of Derek and Mindy's Fun with Movies! All right, we're going to take it back old school. This is officially the oldest film that we have reviewed on this show. 1953, what movie is it, Mindy? We are going to be talking about War of the Worlds. That is correct. The George Pal War of the Worlds. I am so excited. I can't believe I actually got Mindy to do a Derek and Mindy's family movie for this. So let's just go ahead and just get right into it. Mindy, what did you know? about this film going into it we had watched it previously i remember not liking it as much as you did (laughs) i remember maybe liking the tom cruise newer version a little better which made you upset (laughs) i wasn't upset so just wrong or you disagreed vehemently yeah you're just you're just wrong i mean whoa 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 Uh, for me, I this movie is one of the comfort foods for me. I've been watching this film at least since I was seven or eight years old, watching it on the old school black and white VHS that we had at our house. And it wasn't until I think I came to America where I finally saw it in color. And then you got to remember, it's, I mean, we're talking old school. He's got the strings on the Martians, you know, very everything is stop motion and what have you. But this version that we watched, uh, a couple of days ago is it's the Criterion version and Criterion took the original film and digitally created uh, erased all the wires new effects gave it a beautiful new picture palette and of course uh, the gentleman who did the sound for the original Star Wars uh, did a brand new remaster of the sound and it sounds amazing especially in my theater room Mindy now you saw i know for a fact i showed you the original version with the wires and all that that might have been why you were so hesitant in watching this but the criterion version that you watched what did you think of it with all the digital effects and stuff i thought it looked great for a movie made in the 50s i mean it looked you know it was Mm -hmm. colorized and like Mm -hmm. you said it took away all the strings and things so Mm -hmm. it it looked a lot better than it originally did yeah i agree 100 so I got to say this because I've watched this movie a million times and it was this 
was this screening where I realized that the scope of the film follows one, the, the group of Martians that are original crash, where they come out of the ground and they fight the army and they get the A-bomb dropped on them and they go think it's the same group. I never once picked up on that in the, in the whole time I watched this until this time. Let's just, just get something out of the way right now. Obviously, you are not a huge fan of old movies. I know this about you, and there's nothing wrong with that. But this film was a miles ahead of its time for the 50s. You know, like they've never done anything in panorama color before and all that with this film. So if you were to be in the 50s and you watched this for the first time, what would that do to your pretty little mind? I don't know. I mean, this was probably like the first image that they had kind of tried to make what an alien would look like and what their yeah. would look like. So I'm sure that would be like, you know, jump to them back in the 50s. And also you have to remember it's pre-Mars landing. So like we had no idea what Mars is going to look like other than through a telescope. So they're just basically just, you know, this is the creation of some genius filmmakers. Like, oh, yeah, that's what Mars must look like. So, you know, what a Martian might look like, you know. And it, and the Martians in this movie are not like you see in the movies with the big eyes and the, you know, the, the little mouth and what have you. These ones actually, you know, they have, you know, pulsating flesh and, you know, they have a, a three-eyed, you know, uh, lenses of how they view the world and such. Speaking of, this was like the first shot that somebody had to see what Mars looked like. They just kind of made up their own version. Tell me what you told me about the coloring for that. Ah, yes. Okay, so in the original in the original version, Mars is blue. And it wasn't until years later, someone was like, you know what? Mars isn't actually blue. It's red. So they colorized it. And then a huge stink that's going on right now with the, the 4K Ultra High Definition release is someone got a hold of the original print and remastered the whole thing in beautiful 4K ultra high definition, but forgot to make Mars red. And now there's a big stink between the consumers and the studios about spending that money to make that little correction. And the studios are like, this movie is a 1953 film, get over it. And they're going to put it out into the world. Which I think is fine. I mean, that's you're just that's what they thought it looked like at the time. And they redid the original yeah. that way. So I think it's fine. Fair enough. All right. So let's go ahead and get to Mindy's notebook. Which I still need a sound effect for, by the way. We will work on that. <laughs> you keep saying that. Uh, okay, so uh, one of the first I was just going over my notes before we started recording, and I was like, "What does this mean?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." So the first thing I wrote down what there was there was a woman who was working on their master's degree back in the fifties. I was like, "Yes, that's amazing," because mm -hmm. the lady starts talking to the scientist and she's like, oh yeah, I'm working on my master's. And she starts talking up this big, you know, doctor, you know, PhD doctor. And it just so happens to be him. <laughs> I believe in the movie, they say she teaches um, library science at USC. Okay. I did not remember that. I just yeah. wrote that down. Cause I thought, well, that's cool. There was mm -hmm. a woman going to school for her career yep. back in the fifties. That's kind of awesome. So, and then I wrote down some other, just some, I wrote down some funny things. So square dancing. So of course, <laughs> I mean, this big hotshot scientist shows up to this crash site 
to examine what happened. And he's like, oh, that's way too hot. That's going to take forever to cool down. We, we'll need to come back tomorrow and, and check on that. So they're like, well, what is there to do around here? And they're like, well, it just so happens there's a square dance tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, there was another part where the aliens vaporized the military. So they shot their little rays at them and they just poof, vanished they yep. just disintegrated, evaporated, vaporized. So I was like, wow, that was probably very, also very jarring back in the mm. 50s. I think it's interesting to note that the Korean War was going on at this time. And they brought the Marine Corps into, you know, like, oh, the Marines will take care of it. And so much to my joy, the Marines get their asses just handed to them. And I'm like, yeah, go, go Navy, you know, so. Okay, that had nothing to do with this. <laughs> I also put that they had a weird idea of idea of aliens. So like we talked about earlier, you know, they kind of, uh, you know, the aliens that we kind of think of as being in the movies nowadays are a lot different than these ones that were back in the films. So I thought that was interesting. They also, so they've tried a couple of things. Um, I don't know if you, if you really talked about the plot. You just talked about it being the... So basically, the basic plot of this film is that Martian ships have crash landed in California and it becomes a couture structure. Oh, my God, this big giant meteor is there. So uh, one night they send some people there to make sure that the, the, the inferno caused by the crash of the meteor doesn't set up any more fires. So, of course, and, you know, the three men see it, they see a, uh, a little object that starts unscrewing a round hatch, unscrews. And, you know, a Martian, what would be known as a heat ray, uh, comes out and is looking over the area. So these three men, you know, they want to make contact, what have you, and it turns out the heat ray just annihilates them. And of course, you know, then people are like, oh my God, there's a fire in the hills. They go up there and the Martians just start annihilating them too. Then, you know, they come up with the best idea, like, hey, let's just bring in the military. They need to take care of these bastards. The military gets their asses completely handed to them. So long story short, the whole world, these cylinders start dropping all over the place and the same, you know, results happen, you know, the whole world's government just, just getting just annihilated. And it wasn't until Dr. Forrester, who's our hero, our protagonist, um, is able to capture some Martian blood from a contact they had that they discovered that the alien blood is actually very anemic and that they're just as weak and fragile as our bodies are. And so, of course, you know, the world starts to fall. Uh, they drop an A-bomb. The A-bomb doesn't work. And so they're just like, we're, we're beaten. So they start evacuating L.A. Uh, Dr. Forrester is trying to, you know, get some, you know, laboratory stuff together to take out to the hills so they can work on trying to find a way to maybe do like a biological weapon. That's why I always assumed it was going to be a biological weapon to take down the Martians. And it turns out we didn't need to because the Martians figured, hey, you know what? We haven't taken a nice big deep breath in a while. So they do. Clouseau style. So they do. And then, of course, they realize that, you know, they're not used to the bacteria that we human beings have become so immune to. To them, it was like, you know, COVID. And they died really quickly. And so humanity was saved by bacteria. Now, that has actually been the common theme of every War of the Worlds adaptation that's been from the 1953 version to Jeff Wayne's musical War of the Worlds, which is, is one of the greatest things in creation. Uh, even to Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg's uh, version is bacteria takes them out. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 
I mean, the movie, it's, you know, the plot's pretty simple, but you know what? It's, I think it's just basically, it speaks for itself as to how far ahead it was of its time. So let's continue on now with more of Mindy's notebook. Okay. So now that Derek has explained the plot, <laughs> so you know that there is a part where they're trying to figure out, okay, what's the next option? What What's the next thing we can try? And so they decide to bomb them with a nuclear weapon. And so some, some other country or somebody else is like, oh, leave it to the Americans to go nuclear. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. That's still true. And then I also wrote down, there was this cool scene where, like you said earlier, they have a three-eye mm -hmm. configuration, basically. And so one of the scientists had figured out a way to project what the aliens could see what we looked like on the screen. And so everybody stood in front of this camera with this special lens that they had come up with to kind of imitate how the aliens could see us. And it was, I thought that was a really cool little scene. That was cool. I like that. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned too is, and there was, I've never really picked up on it until again, this screening was everything they do was done in threes, three eyes, three machines, three cylinders, and they move in threes. And I was like, and then of course they go into their blood and their blood is groups like three cells all stuck together. And it's just like everything about them was in threes. I've never picked up on that before. Yeah. Very cool. Mm. Yeah. And then the last thing I wrote down was that basically germs is what ended up killing the aliens. Mm. So yeah. That bacteria. Kind of interesting. Out of all the things that they tried, you know, they tried to, you know, mm -hmm. fight it with all the other things they could. And then because they were not immune to the bacteria that we, you know, take for granted. So even the healthy gut bacteria, which is the rave these days, they probably weren't even ready for that. So and that uh, had nothing to do with that. <laughs> One fun fact before we let you go, I, I before we get into our final phase is uh the Tom Cruise Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds paid homage to this film in so many different ways from the uh, electronic eye that was going in the house looking around they did the same thing and they made it even better and i i i'll be the first to say it. yes they made it even more better in the uh tom cruise version it was a lot more scarier i think the stakes were much higher because in this film uh you know they just annihilate you with their rays but in the Tom Cruise version, they're draining your blood and using it to fertilize the land, and that scares the shit out of me more. So um, also, <laughs> a, also a fun note, at the very end of the War of the Worlds uh, Tom Cruise version, uh, Gene Barry and Ann Robinson, who play Clayton Forrester and Sylvia Van Buren, uh, are the parents of uh, Miranda uh, character in Boston, where they show up in Boston, which makes no sense that Boston is like the only city that was untouched because that whole street looked like it hadn't been heat raid once. So anyway, because Boston is Boston is wicked. Ass. Yeah, the Martians got lost on the streets trying to find the place to to. to oh well, that's true. It is not set up on a grid whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as we begin to wrap things up, uh, let's get to our little rating scale. So, Mindy, what is one star? Bloody awful. Two stars? Bloody uninspired. Three stars? Bloody average. Four stars? Bloody brilliant. And five stars? Bloody marvelous. Bloody marvelous. All right, Mindy, you want to go ahead and go first? Sure, Derek, I would love to. <laughs> so, I did not grow up watching this movie. 
I do not have the nostalgia built in like Derek does. I haven't seen it a million times. I've probably seen it two or three times max. Are you ever going to read the book? I think we all know the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just don't have that nostalgia. I think it's a fine film. I liked, you know, the Criterion version where it was colorized and corrected and the strings were taken out. So it looked, you know, a lot shinier and and better than it originally did. But uh, overall, I'm just going to give this a bloody average three stars. Bloody average three stars. Uh, this film is probably the most important uh, moments in cinema history. It brought forth the first real science fiction film to the masses. Uh, it was incredibly successful in the 50s, and I think it's incredibly successful today. I will say that um, the Criterion was probably the best thing that ever happened to this film. It gave it new life. And I'm telling you right, uh, Ben Burtz, his new uh, Dolby uh, mix was just phenomenal. Long story short, I think we're going to come to the inevitable conclusion. I give this a 555 bloody marvelous, absolute masterpiece of a film. Yay. Yay. You sound so <laughs> enthused. All right. Well, that being said, we're going to go ahead and let you go. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We always love making these for you. Uh, like I always say, you keep listening to them and we will keep making them. Until next time. We'll We'll see see you at at the movies, movies, Planet Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duvall Show.